afternoon everybody this is kyle here i'm bringing up harms a few seconds before live i almost poured black coffee all over my white t-shirt oh wow not. um so we are okay and we are progressing that's cool i've got yeah. my my coffee to go as well the second one off today and yeah uh, for, for me it's been a really interesting morning because i've been talking to so as well as the bbo show which is focused on online business digital marketing uh, myself and a, another co-host gentleman called dr Rowe, we do a a growth tribes podcast and that's purely audio so there's you know it's not like the video experience you have here purely audio and we talk two different generations talking about all the life's learnings and lessons and and chatting to amazing people and today we spoke to world champion in brazilian jiu-jitsu and i know that's quite a hot topic at the moment uh, it, it seems to be featuring on lots of people's podcasts including joe rogan lots of celebrities flocking to this so it's really cool to talk to somebody who's a black belt and a world champion who's been a former professional footballer, then a, then a head coach, uh, an awarded coach in the UK within the FA. So it's like just remarkable to talk to somebody and, and, and hear about their story. And, and it's, it almost ties into, and why I mentioned this is, as part of that story, which I'll tie in later, is somebody's bio, somebody who's an author, but not necessarily of a book, but of a life that they've lived, which is remarkable. And they choose not to be in the limelight. They choose not to be a celebrity, but they've come onto the podcast um, because of a favor, because they know uh, my co-host. So if we was to decode his story, it would almost have a natural arc. Um, and it can sometimes people call it a hero's arc. Some people call it a turning point tale, which I will refer, refer to later. So just bear that in mind for now, but let's let's dive into... What's been happening, Carl? What are we talking about this week and what are we going to share with people today? Yep. Over the course of this week, we've been showing you how to, uh, basically how to write and publish an ebook. So gathering together all your expert knowledge, all your skills, um, everything that you know about your particular business niche and packaging it into a book. And today we're going to be going ahead with um, turning our manuscript into the final product, into the actual book. And this book, remember, is not just a book that you are selling in order to make royalties we're not showing you how to be an author if you want to be an author that's absolutely fine but what we're doing is a bit more than that we're showing you how to use a book as a an initial stage for people to get to know you and to get to know your business and to build your online business off the back of this product this initial product which is an ebook um, we've had a pretty busy week so far so on monday we talked about why should you be writing an ebook you're not an author, you're a business owner. Why is this important to you? So we went through um, how this fits into your business system. Tuesday, we talked about what should you write your book about? And we based a systematic process for seeing what's already working on Amazon and combining that with your skills and expertise in order to find your precise category on Amazon where you can succeed. Uh, something that isn't too busy, something that isn't too small, um, but the Goldilocks zone, something that's just right. That's what we looked at on Tuesday. Yesterday, we took that knowledge, we took our, um, our category, we took some keyword research and we started to piece together an outline of the book. We then showed you how to take that outline and get the book written, either by writing it yourself, hiring somebody to do it for you, or um, our preferred message, delivering it through audio um, initially in order to create the raw manuscript and then having it edited into a book. Now today, we have the manuscript and we're going to be talking about how we take that manuscript, which is you know, the, the 
pages, the words of the book, and how we package that up, how we get a cover on it, how we get it formatted properly, and how we get it out into the world. So that's going to be the focus of today. Great. And the way we'll do that is we'll walk you through a couple of steps because the hard work is done. You've got the manuscript. Most people don't even get this far, whether they're an actual author, whether they're using this for business purposes. Having an end manuscript like this, which you've got in your hands now, is a large part of the journey. Now we're just doing the final part, which is just as scary to people because there's technicals involved, there's third party companies involved, there's um, the final final step essentially when it comes to getting this visible to people and that's sometimes a large hurdle so we're going to make that a lot easier by talking about a few topics today number one is the actual formatting of the book so answering that question number two is what do we do with the cover how do we get it designed is it important then we're going to be talking about some of the core components that must be in the book that we haven't included in the manuscript at the moment which is the description of the book your author's bio, and anything which else pops to mind. But those two are primarily going to be our primary focus. And then uploading it to something called Kindle Direct Publishing, using that mechanism in order to upload your book, which will then live on Amazon. And you know we've been talking about Amazon because that's what we've been discussing this week. So this week's, this today, so is going to be very much focused on a technical focus where you know, we've given you the reasons why, we've given you what your book should be about, we've given you what should go into your book. So that's a large process and it's not technical, it's very exercise based. But today we're going to be focusing on the technical aspects, which, like I said, is a fear for a lot of people because there's a technical uh, element involved. And that can be a roadblock, that can be a reason for your manuscript to live on your computer or your Word doc for years and years and years and years. And because Kindle Direct Publishing or something similar just seems too complex, it just seems too overwhelming, or we could fall into a a perfection issue, which is, oh, is my manuscript ready? Are people going to care? That's all been answered previously this week. So that second part of what I've discussed, the perfection, all been dealt with this week. But today we're going to be dealing with the technical. So where do we start? I mentioned formatting, Carl. Is that a good place to start? Yep. We'll start with the formatting. That's going to be first step and then we're going to move into as you mentioned the cover then the description the author bio and then finally how we take all this information and we get it onto kindle direct publishing uh, so that we are ready to publish but first up formatting so the reason we need to deal with formatting is we cannot just take a raw word file or a raw text file and send it to amazon it doesn't work um First, we need to do a little bit of formatting to make sure that it displays properly on a Kindle. Um, we are talking about Amazon today. There are other uh, places you can publish your book, um, like Kobo is one, for example, yeah. which is connected to Barnes and Nobles, I believe, in the US. Uh, and they have their own reader. It's like a Kindle, but it's called a Kobo reader. There are lots of other services like this. We're not going to be talking about them today because Kindle and Amazon is... 80-90% of the markets we're going to be focusing on our efforts there. Um, if you do want to do uh, the other publishing processes, though, they're going to be very similar to this, um, just with slightly difficult, uh, different technical yeah. uh, issues. So, 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 so how do we so, take this, you know, how do we get your book featuring on somebody's Kindle app at home? And if they click on the book, how do we get it to appear with text, formatting? It looks good. It looks like a book. It looks like a book that we pick up off our shelves. Um, how do we get it to that final final 
image or visual appeal to somebody. That's that's very much what the focus is going to be around because there's a lot of technical steps that go into the back of it, which can be overwhelming, but we'll simplify the process for you, starting with formatting. Yeah, and with formatting, it used to be, when I first did my first ebook, it was a complete nightmare. Um, this was quite early in the Kindle's life cycle, and um, you basically had to use some quite complicated tools and go through and manually format a lot of the document. Uh, and it was, if you had a long book, it was it was a really difficult process. Now, if you have images and diagrams and anything that requires complex formatting on the page, it's still quite complicated. Um, <laughs> so first up, naughty, we didn't tell you to add any images uh, when we put together our outline, but if you did, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to be slightly more complicated. If you do have images and diagrams, it's fine, but I would highly recommend you just hire somebody to do the formatting for you. Now, because this is a technical uh, task, you can actually hire for for not very much money. We're talking about $20, $30, $40, $50 potentially on someone like Fiverr.com. You only need to do this so if you have something that's quite complicated and that has images or graphics of any type. If your book is just text, then the fantastic tool which Amazon could have created, and we just recently used this on our most uh, recently book, and the tool is called Kindle Create. It's available for Mac and it's available for Windows. It is free. And the purpose of this was um, Amazon created this tool in order to help publishers like yourselves, like us, to more easily format their book and get it ready for the Amazon Kindle marketplace. Because I think Amazon realized there are too many barriers um, between me writing the book and me getting it looking nice, well formatted onto onto Amazon. So Amazon have actually uh, swung in to the rescue and said, okay, this is going to make it a lot easier. Kindle Create. That's a free application. Um, and from a technical point of view, it's, it's relatively painless. You open up the software and it asks for your document. You give it to your Word document or whatever format you've used, and it will automatically go through everything and format it as is required by a Kindle ebook. Yeah, so... Ask you, sorry, go on. Uh, so I was going to say, so just, to, just to pause here for a second, because what we're sharing with you now in this section is three different ways in which you can format your book. Number one is you just go to some, go to fiverr.com uh, and pay somebody there. It is really, you can find it and you can get a result relatively cheap, you know, 30, 40, $50. If you've got images, they may charge you the 50, $60 range. But if you have images, it will be money worth well spent because it can be very tricky it can take you hours and hours and it's better just to pay somebody who's used to doing that work so number one is just go to fiverr.com you'll find them kindle ebook publishers people who work with the software kindle create as an example now the second is you do it yourself well, what we're saying is our suggestion here is if you don't have images this is probably wise and the, the starting point just to give you some point of reference is the best starting point with kindle Create, which is a tool that Carl just shared with you, it's a free tool you can download, is it's an additional software. That software will pick up your Word document. So it best used with a Word doc uh, or something which has a uh, doc, doc ending or doc, doc x and think in using a new format. Now, when we talk about formatting and talk about the fact that it will pick up formatting automatically and it, it sort of syncs it, what we mean here is you have to have also some familiarity with using words formatting. That will probably be a suggestion. You can Google that if you go to a YouTube video. And it is as simple as 
using uh, your title should be formatted as a title. Your header should be formatted as a header. Your subheader should be formatted as a subheader. Your paragraph should be par uh, sub uh, formatted as a paragraph. And then Kindle Create, the tool, is smart enough to plug that in and then realize that you've got these formats set. So that's what we mean by formatting, because I can I appreciate when I can't know when I when I first used the Kindle Create tool and I was like, ah, so there's an actual way to make this even easier by spending more time in the Word doc up front to make Kindle Create's life easier. Because Kindle Create is not as intuitive as a tool, although it's pretty fantastic for what it can do, it's not as intuitive as a tool compared to a Word doc, which is you know, they've had millions of iterations of this. This is a singing or dancing word processing machine here that we've got in front of us. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So thank you for adding that. If you can get it well formatted in your Word doc, then Kindle Create will do the rest and convert that into a Kindle uh, format for you. Um, but yes. And that's free. That, that, that's free, but it requires some time. Now, the third one is something I've not used, which is a tool that you can share with us, Carl, which is Scrivener. So you can just expand on that with a third recommendation. Sure. So if you do want more control of your formatting, you can actually write and format and do everything yourself in a tool called Scrivener. It's a, I mean, I'm going to say better, but I'm going to put that in quote marks. It's a better um, book creation tool than something like Word because it allows you to uh, more easily manage your chapters, manage your sections, etc, etc. If you didn't write the book yourself, though, this is sort of irrelevant for you. You have the final manuscript already in a Word document. Um, however, Scrivener does give you the power to do more complicated formatting. It, it gives you more control um, over those headers, over contents pages, over subheaders, um, block quotes, etc, etc. This is not necessary for the majority of books. Um, you will find a lot of ebook courses pushing Scrivener and saying, hey, you should use Scrivener because it is the best tool. Objectively, yeah, it might be the best tool, but if it's going to take you two months to learn how to use Scrivener, that's two months wasted not writing your book and not publishing your book or marketing your book. Um, so I would say, with as with everything, keep it simple, as simple mm -hmm. as you can. If you want to look into something like Scrivener later, uh, fine. Um, but right now, it's overkill unless you... Um, already know how to use it and or you really need that extra power yeah because if you remember the purpose of this is that we're not becoming book writers we're not becoming authors what we're doing is we're becoming kindle ebook or ebook creators and print on demand books for the purpose of allowing an entry point for our customers to understand who we are our products and service as part of a value ladder that's what the focus is. And um, if you get really good at it, for sure, use a more advanced tool like Scrivener. And then you may say, actually, I really enjoy this process. Perfect. So I think, you know, a, a good middle ground would probably, if I was to do this from scratch again, I would say a good middle ground is I would like to do a Word doc and use um, Kindle Create myself first. And yep. then if I'm starting to pump out a lot of eBooks, uh, which we will be within the BBO show to help out people, you know, in the written form who listen to the show, that I would then start to pay people to do. So I'd go from your second recommendation first, then go to your first. And if I fell in love with writing, I would then probably use a third option. That's just my personal preference. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to mainly mention Scrivener because if you do look at any ebook writing courses, they'll tend to use it. Um, so, do they have, think, so is that a paid tool then? Yeah, I don't think it's cheap either. And I think they might be recommending it because there's an affiliate offer. So mm. anyone who recommends it gets paid. That may or may not be the case. Um, yeah, because everybody's uh, got Microsoft Word, so you can't really make an affiliate of Microsoft Word when everybody's bloody got it. So yeah. that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you've got to sometimes look at the incentives. Yeah. But Carl, you so, used it, and no doubt it's a very powerful tool. I've used it. Yeah, I have it, and it's a great tool. Um, you do not need the extra power right now. If you're following our advice over this week, you've created something that's highly valuable, but it's not dependent on the formatting or the graphics or anything like that is more based on the text on the knowledge from up here rather than the presentation today we are looking at presentation and it needs to be good but it's not what's going to ultimately make this an extremely valuable product so what exists an uh, valuable product is your knowledge and your ability to solve people's problems yeah and if you, and if you remember yesterday we, we're we're very much hitting the how to a guide to so somebody their intention is to approach this book from that stance. I want to know how to, I want a guide to. Um, so they, their experience will be looking for that and the content and the information versus there's a stunning ebook. It's the most beautiful ebook I've ever seen. Um, sure, you can come onto that later, but, but the main thing is to get an ebook out there into the market first. Now, talking about looks and talking mm. about um, <laughs> how something appears. There's probably one thing we can't uh, maybe skimp out on. It's, it's, it's a weird phrase, but the cover. So, you know, you've, you've, uh, we've done some work. We've, we've created covers as well. Um, but talk to us about a cover, why it's important, and maybe something where when you're talking about visuals that you may want to put a bit of attention into. Yeah, this would be the main place you'd want to invest. Um, so there is... The saying don't judge a book by its cover but that's obviously been said by someone who's never ever sold a book in their life <laughs> the cover of a book the presentation of a book is so important um and there's a reason why publishers spend so much time and effort and money on publishing beautiful looking books because that's the only way you're going to pick it up in the bookshop because um, it looks fantastic and this is going to be the same on amazon the main visual element on amazon is the book cover the Amazon sales pages look pretty similar apart from that book cover. Um, yeah, ident identical. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the description and the author bio. That gives you some um, degree of customization. But the main thing on that page is the image. Um, same thing when you are going down a, a list of different search results. The main thing you're looking at is the cover image of the book. Um, that's so an interesting you, point. Sorry. Uh, that's okay, that's an interesting point. Um, I'm just jumping in there because don't judge a book by cover, therefore, is a great life uh, cliche lesson, but rubbish advice when we're publishing ebooks. So ignore it when, it when we're talking about books. Keep keep it, embrace of it when dealing with other human beings. Okay, so don't, don't confuse the two, which we're specifically talking about is rubbish advice yeah. for publishing books. Uh, the cover yeah, is do, important. Do, do judge a book by its cover because your customers do. Um, yes. And, and, I, and I like that. Whether that's right or wrong, again, we're just looking at the final platform. The final platform is Amazon, which is a carbon copy. It doesn't matter what product you're looking at, whether it's a book or you're trying to buy something, whether you're buying cashew nuts, which I ordered yesterday. It's all the same apart from the image, the description, and the bio, which, again, will help you with those variables later. So that's 
That's fascinating. So how does somebody go about getting their cover designed and how much does it cost? I like that. You you didn't say how does someone design a cover because we don't want you to design your own cover. <laughs> yeah, unless, that's a big learning curve. Uh, yeah, unless you're a designer, but even then you'd have to learn how to design a cover, which is going to be slightly different. Mm. Um, and again, that's going to take your time. It's gonna, there is a learning curve there. Uh, basically hire somebody to do this. There are people who do cover after cover after cover. They know exactly what's needed. They know the format required for Kindle. They know what kind of things pop on the Kindle screen. Um, and you can hire them for relatively uh, small amounts of money. Um, the amount you spend will depend entirely. Again, you can find someone on Fiverr. The last cover we did, was that Fiverr? Or was that Upwork? Uh, that, okay, so we've got in-house um, people who are really good at design. So oh, that one. That okay. was us. Oh, so if you look at our Kindle ebook, um, what we're doing is we've got a slightly different approach, which we'll share with you. Well, we, we have shared it with you on Tuesday, which is we're going to be producing a series of guides, which we want them all to have a similar look that if somebody had them, metaphorically on a bookshelf or they had them in the kindles they all appear the same and then we can sell it as a stacked bundle um, because they're going to be so useful so we can sell it at a discount as a stacked bundle and now that was one method that we shared with you on tuesday in which you can generate an income from ebook publishing so that's something to bear in mind if you're doing a series of books or if this is a standalone which most people's will be okay so the reality is most people have a one core product and this one ebook will help people uh, be introduced to this core product. So just stick with one to start with. And if you're going to do a series of guides later, you may want to change it. If you know, my, my preference always is to outsource it to somebody who's who does this day in day out. So the suggestion would be to go somewhere like Fiverr.com, but be aware that Fiverr.com can also be a time drain, um, which is sometimes why I keep stuff in house. But it can be a time drain unless you give them as much information as possible. So in terms of the process, Carl, on getting somebody on Fiverr to produce a cover for you without it taking four or five weeks, in which case you could have probably learned it and created it yourself, what's a good process or a suggestion to get speed, get speed on our side? Because that's what we want here. So, yeah, generally on Fiverr.com, there are people who are very good at the technical um, put together of a cover they're not necessarily going to be extremely creative and that's fine because you're spending 20 30 40 50 dollars it's not a huge amount of money um but what this means is you can get a, the, the best way to get a high quality cover quickly is to provide an example of exactly what you want um, so you find other covers um for other books that are on the market and you say i like this one i like this one i like this one you send them a few examples um with specific annotations like oh i like the header of this one i like how this one has the imagery i like the background picture in this one etc you give them extremely specific examples and they'll be able to compose your cover based off those kind of recommendations if you mm. just ask for a cover you'll probably get something extremely templated um, and not particularly interesting whereas if you give them specifications about what you like on different covers um they'll be able to replicate that or create something quite interesting for you i think we'll yeah so, so what, I'm, what i'm going to do is because there's there's things on a book title uh, so carl started there with you know the fact is that we want to give them information and we want to give them uh, a, a list of items the 
best place I agree is to start with things, other things that you like. Now, there's two ways to do this is you either go to a bookstore, obviously outside of COVID-19 times, and sometimes when you physically see the book on the bookshelf, it does help. And I would just snap a picture, snap a picture. Uh, that's one way to do it. Or you could scroll through Amazon and, and just screenshot uh, images that you like. You may have a bookshelf at home. Um, but there's things that you would want to give them, i.e. the book title, um, the subtitle. So this is the Daily Stoic, practical book. Um, book title, subtitle, this is um, maybe a bonus feature, so this is featuring something. The author's title could be, of course, it's going to be you in the stance. Is anybody else involved? Um, anything on the side that, okay, so if you've got if you've got your own publishing house or whatever, sometimes people do, can include that. Um, is there a bio on the back that you want to include? So all of these items, we need to give them up front because it helps them. What is really annoying for them is, you know, they've come back to you with a design cover and then you say to them, oh, actually I need to add another author's title or actually I just want to add this item. It can throw their entire design because they will design based on the original text that you give them. So try to be as, as forward as you can with the information you're giving them. Don't rush it. If it takes you a couple of extra days to look at a few more covers um, and styles, then I think do that. Um, because it's going to save you time working with a quote person. So a lot of the good designers will request all of that stuff up front, like title, subtitle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so hopefully they've worked with enough people to know to request this up front. If they do not, uh, make sure you give it to them. Um, yeah, and, and, and if they don't, I guess that's... Yeah, I guess if they don't, I guess <laughs> that's, that's a good... Flag. It's a good red flag. Actually, they're not uh, interested. I'll tell you what is a good tip on Fiverr. I'll just share this with you guys. Uh, we experienced this the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we said, can we, so we asked a Fiverr person, right, this is what we're looking for, can we see your portfolio? Now, the portfolio they showed us was not their work. It's a cover portfolio which they purchased, imagery which they purchased, and we said, actually, can you show me a piece of work that you done last week or two weeks ago for somebody? That work was nothing like the work that they put on their cover. So just be careful of that. That's a, that's a challenge on Fiverr. And it's up to you. It's your responsibility to, to do your due diligence and yeah. sift through that. Now, Fiverr.com has that challenge. So um, it's a great place because it's good budget. People are very technically competent there. But the reality of life is you're going to get what you pay for. So what's another level up from this? Sure. If you've got a bit more bad budget, I would definitely check out 99designs, um, 99designs.com. So they have a very interesting business model where they set up a competition. Um, you provide your title, your subtitle, um, all of that information, as well as maybe maybe giving some suggestions what type of style you like. We'll release that to their um, to their roster of designers, and the designers will compete. So people will actually put together a first draft of what they think your book cover will look like. Um, and then you get to choose which one you like from these first drafts. And then that designer will work with you to complete the book draft. Um, so you might have 50 designers all of a sudden designing a book cover for you. Um, and then all you need to do, which is great if you're not a designer, all you need to do is go through that list and be like, no, 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 no. Oh, I like that one. No, no, no. Um, it's a lot easier for us as non-designers to to hone in on a design we like when we're given lots of options. Whereas if we're given one option and asked what we think should change about it, that's very difficult. Um, so 99designs gets around this by giving you lots of 
different designs, um, produced by different designers because of the competition style. And um, their pricing model works in such a way that you pay, um, I think the starting competition is £240. So that's $400 roughly. And I believe that's 50 designers. I'd, I'd have to look this up. Um, and that's the, I think that's the bronze package. And then the gold package is like, I don't know, 200 designers will send you designs and that costs a lot more money. Um, mm. So depending on your budget, you get more and more options in that first round of the competition. So that's a very cool way of um, getting a wide variety of styles and designs rather than having to work for one designer who's basically going to give you uh, one one style. Yeah, and then you'll have a you'll have a unique cover. You know, um, you know, you won't have something that's copy and pasted or template was copied. You'd have something that's quite unique to your original uh, brief. So if you think about timeline, you must factor that in here as well. So it probably can take a week to two weeks, including revisions, uh, to get your cover back. Um, you must allow them time because you you may not be the only person they're working with, and these are freelancers. They're going to slot your work into time, especially if you're doing Fiverr.com, you're paying them 30, 40, 50 dollars. You cannot be like, if you look at it <laughs> numerically, you cannot be the only person they're working with for that week. So you have to bear all of those factors in mind and just be conscious that there will be a timeline with getting your cover back. And it's the same thing with revisions as well. Often um, you get a certain number of revisions. Some services will offer unlimited revisions. They're quite dangerous because it allows you to keep going back to them like, oh, actually, no, this should be a bit smaller. This should be a bit bigger. This should be less red, etc. Can we try this? Can we try this? And then we'll yeah. And each time will take a week, basically, going back and forth, back and forth. And then suddenly so several months have gone. And all you've done is change you know, the spacing between some letters in your header or move some things around. It can descend into that kind of madness um, if, mm. if you're given too much leeway. So... Once it's kind of there, I would recommend moving ahead because this is a space where we see a lot of perfection uh, creeping in. People wanting it just right, just right. Yeah. Um, so don't and, fall into that. Trap. And in terms of time, you know, it's often easy to blame the designer because they're going to get back to us. But also our response is sometimes delayed. You know, we could reply a day late. We could reply two days late. We've got a lot on our plate. Uh, our business is kicking off or we just had some more sales or you got you got busy with kids and the family whatever's going on will mean that your response is delayed plus add their delayed response then their actual work or they may ask you a question in response then that question response is delayed it, it becomes carnage so uh, keep it tight keep it processed and just be aware that the idea is to get the book shipped the idea is to get the book published that's important now getting the book i think so one quick thing for for the perfectionists out there um, one of the amazing things about digital publishing is that you can actually change elements. Mm. So you can actually upload a newer version of your manuscript if the formatting is not right, or if you decide you want a different formatting later, or you can actually change elements on the cover at a later point as well. We don't necessarily recommend it because um, we don't want you having to fiddle around all the time. But if you are agonizing over that last kind of 1% optimization, just publish get the momentum going and then if you have to you can go back to it later and make changes um, I, that's I think something that... you cannot do when you're publishing with a physical book because they will print a hundred thousand copies with your mistake or with your uh, the design element you don't like and start going back with digital 
we can change the cover in a matter of hours. Absolutely. So that leads us on to the next part, which is publishing your book, getting it shipped, getting it out there into the world um, and worrying about revisions and things later because it's digital. So we can make tweaks as it's live. And that's fantastic. So let's introduce now what's known as KDP um, as the acronym, but it's essentially Kindle Direct Publishing. Now, this is Amazon's platform for digital and now including physical books in which you can publish through. Um, and it's a fantastic service and it's pretty self-explanatory digital books you publish a digital book which then goes onto the bookstore on amazon can be downloaded by on people's kindle device and that's it um it's no more complicated than that and it can also now allow you to access which wasn't the case in the past um print on demand service so one of the challenges in the past is you know okay if i want to and we work with authors and and professional people and um, celebrities in their space and they've got a physical book and what they do is when they go to networking meets and so on and so forth they've got a stack of these books purchased which either live in their house live in their boot car and um, their boot of their car and they have to print in advance so it's probably a good phrase to use print in advance and then sell these out um, or pre-buy a thousand books or pre-buy two thousand books in the hope that they're going to get purchased Whereas print on demand is very different to print in advance. It means when it's purchased, then it's printed and then it's shipped out. And it's a very different concept and it's changed the game massively. Yeah. Um, so previously you would have to print out hundreds of thousands potentially in order for it to be cost effective. Whereas now, so this is a digital book, which I wrote and it is now, you can just print it when I buy this on Amazon or when somebody buys it on Amazon will print it out spine they'll stick the pages in and they'll send this individual copy of the book to that person this does not exist until it is purchased which is very different to what Hans just talked about somebody driving around with 100 copies of their book in the back of their car which mm. is is very wasteful it's inefficient print on demand allows you access to physical publishing without having to pre-purchase thousands or hundreds of thousands of copies without having to keep them stored somewhere instead you can just have them printed as they are needed. Um, it's something we take for granted. This is truly revolutionary in terms of publishing. This is the that's the real problem for the traditional publishers now, is because it allows small runs of books um, to be cost effectively manufactured, which was not possible before. Yeah. So it's extremely um, for you and your business. And, and, and essentially, if you're looking at, okay, what does that mean for me? Well, it saves you time and it saves you money. It saves you time in the fact that, look, if somebody buys a book and you're out of stock, you've got to print some more. How many do you print? That whole thought process behind that. What's the demand for your book? And money in the sense that you have to physically go and buy these books in bulk first, then ship them out. And all of that's changed completely. We, Amazon's got a service, which is an, an amazing service, which is if somebody buys your book, they go online. It isn't physically printed at the moment. Boom, they click it. It gets print. I don't know how they do it in the background. It gets created, printed, shipped. It's at your doorstep in, in the next couple of days. Remarkable. Yep. And so KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, now handles both digital and physical. It used to be that the physical stuff was done by another company called Create Space that Amazon purchased. And for a while, it was Amazon Create Space, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a pain because you'd have to files between two of them and collaborate the book 
reports, etc. Um, now it's all together in one space. So you upload your Word document, which is nicely formatted, and you can very quickly publish both to digital and to physical uh, form, which is given your customer choice. When your customer is on the website, they can choose if they want a physical copy, um, which it will generally spend a little bit more on, or they can take a digital copy, which goes straight to their Kindle. Yeah. Which is uh, very cool. That's amazing. So now we know what tool we're using. We're going to use, um, and what service essentially, we're going to use the Kindle Direct Publishing Service. To get access to this, you just need to sign up. You need to sign up through Amazon, and it's a free account to sign up with. And it's really as simple as that. The next main question after that point is, what do we now add into this book? Uh, and again, this is one of those technical things that uh, trips people up because it can cause overthinking, but it can also uh, lead to more delay on getting your book out. Um, and hopefully by working through this next set of processes, it should be a lot easier. So what are the first things in terms of details we're adding? Maybe you can picture a uh, paint the scene for them. Are they using a software? Is it a tool? Um, you know, how they do this? Is, is this in their Word document? What's the process here? Sure. So KDP is a website. Um, you log into it generally using your Amazon account, which you probably already have, or you can set up a new account. Um, and it's, it's a form, a web form, where you will enter your details about the book. You'll enter your name. You'll enter the title of the book. You will upload the, 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 the manuscript. You will upload your um, your cover images is it's all very basic. I recommend you sign up for a KDP account, which is free, um, and you log in, and then you can kind of follow along with us. Um, right, you can follow along with these videos while having a look at KDP, because it will be slightly different depending on which country you're in, because they ask for slightly different details. Um, so, what we're going to do though is we're going to go through the the main things you should be thinking about and how you fill them in. Um, you already have a lot of the content done, uh, a lot of them. So you have the title, you have the subtitle. Um, we worked them out on Tuesday, I believe, when we decided what the book's going to be about. So that's done. Yeah. Categories, that's a big one. We talked about categories on Tuesday as well, and how when you come to publishing, you enter two or three categories directly. You tell Amazon, okay, these are the categories I want my book to be in. This is where we enter information on this page where we're uploading our book. So we already have this. Um, Amazon also asked for our keywords. Surprise, surprise, we have them too. We did a textual analysis of the uh, uh, the top keywords and key phrases for the categories we want to rank in. That was on, was that Wednesday or Tuesday? That was Tuesday. That, that was well. Tuesday. And, and, the, and the key message is that there's, there's all of the hard work has been done we're now just doing the technical bit. We're now copying and pasting all of that previous work that we prepared you for. So hopefully now you didn't feel like it's a waste of time. Oh, what about, oh, okay, so the categories, are they useful? I, I narrow down two or three keywords. I've got a list of them. Are they useful now? Absolutely. This is what makes you discoverable. Based on what information we put into these boxes allows you to be discovered on Kindle. The discovery part we discussed again on Tuesday which is where we shared with you how to identify your category, how to identify the keywords. So we're plugging those in. What else do we need to plug in? So there's a couple of major elements that we haven't covered yet. Um, the first one is going to be the description of the book. And the second one is going to be the author bio. So talk about yourself. Um, so an important distinction here, these elements do not go inside the book. 
this is basically what text is going to appear on your Amazon page for the product. So um, I'm sure you've been on Amazon, you know there's a product image, the name of the product, and then there'll be a description about what the product is. Um, and in the case of books, there's also a biography of the author that goes underneath. So these details appear on the Amazon listing. And a good way to think about this is that Amazon listing becomes the sales page. This becomes um, the place where you make your sale of the book. So we need to think of it in that way when we're writing our description and when we're writing our biography. So your title, the subtitle, the keywords have brought the potential customer to your page. They're now on your page. They found you through Amazon search because they have a certain problem. So they're now looking at your listing and now it's going to be your cover image, which we just discussed, your book description and the bio, which is going to convert them into making that purchase. So we need to make the sales now. Fantastic. So those are the details to add. Um, very clear. So let's, let's talk about uh, the description in more detail. Okay. Um, because what we're saying is somebody's, somebody's coming to the page. Let's call it a product page. Let's call it a sales page. The work that you've done previously, i.e. categories and keywords, have got them and, and allow them to discover you. Amazing. That's, that's a large part of the work done. Now the customer is, is on your product page. It's on Amazon, but it is essentially your product page because you've put the information on there. The cover, the description, the author's bio. Um, and there's a few other elements like reviews, etc. But we don't have control of that at the moment. So let's just take a step back and work out why is someone currently looking at your product page the simple way is the simple reasoning behind this is they have a problem that they want to solve that's why they're here they've been discovered you've been discovered because of the problem they're now on the page because they they're getting closer to wanting to solve their problem and they feel like your book is the answer to that problem you hold solution within what's in your book and it's powerful so they're looking for a solution your book is a solution and they may have already looked at other places. They may have already looked at other books and now they're on your product page. What we need to now do is just get them over the line and uh, get them to purchase the book. Now, the question I'll hand over to Carl for is how do we, what, what's, a, what's a good process or technique or approach in order for them to get people over that final line? Absolutely. So the product description is where we can put the bulk of our information, the bulk of the information which we're going to be using to get this sale. Um, Amazon's very generous here, they give you 2,000 words, oh, wow, 2,000 words in a description, and you should, you should use as much as possible. And there's two reasons for that. Um, whatever's in your description, it's also going to help your discoverability. So there will also be keywords in that description, um, but also we are making the sale. The description is what is going to decide whether or not somebody makes that purchase by reading through and they'll think, okay, yep, this is going to help me solve that problem. So let's give you a, a rough template for what you can include in your product description. Um, and it should be enough to get you started. What I do recommend though, is you go out and you have a look at the other bestsellers in your category, see what they're writing in their product descriptions. Again, these bestsellers are bestsellers for a reason in your category. They're hitting the right notes in terms of um, appealing to the audience. So see if there's anything there, see if there's any um, best practices you can emulate and bring into your product description. Okay, so first thing we want to do is- We've got six, we've got six, step, 
So we've got six episodes here. So I was just counting it up in the notes. Um, so this is a... Uh, uh, if you can try emulate this or use this structure, these six steps, in order to help build out your description, and then by the time you finish these six steps, you should have close to uh, you know, 1,500, 2,000 words, because like Carl says, we want to maximize... Um, what access we have to that online real estate. Let's think about it as online real estate. And we want to occupy as much as it as possible. So so we we give and answer as many questions that people may have as possible using this six step script. So uh Carl, you talk through it. I might jump in and maybe add an additional few points. Absolutely. So we need to remember that people have landed on this page because they have a problem they want to solve. It all comes back to that. They're looking at our book, which is some kind of how-to or guide about our business niche because they have a problem they want to solve and we are the expert and we're going to help them solve it. So point number one, we start nice and easy. We start the question. We identify the problem that we're going to fix for them so we can directly address it with something like, do you dream of spending your day by a babbling book but have no idea where to start? So this is for fishing. So somebody wants to sit by a babbling book fishing but they don't know how to start and that's their problem or is your business bursting at the seams and it's time to scale up do you need a business plan fast but you don't have money to hire an expert questions again you're getting them into the mindset of um okay i've got a problem right now that i want to fix i'm looking for a solution that's yeah. what I'm on Amazon. and in their you mind they'll be saying yes that's me in their mind they'll be saying yes that's me i want to know how, yeah, to how fix. did you know how, how do you know that my problem is, you know, my business is bursting at the seams? How did you know that I, I'm strapped for cash at the moment, but I need a business plan fast? How did you know that? Okay, well, maybe I'm getting closer to the solution here, which um, which leads to step number two. So number one is ask the question. Number two is we then suggest whilst you've got them hooked and you're almost mind reading them is go straight into why this book, your book, will be able to solve their problem. Um, so. The best way to do that is with a phrase which essentially answers that question. So a good phrase to use is this concise and authoritative guide will show you exactly how to, um, you know, uh, scale your business, show you exactly how to write a business plan fast without the money needed to hire an expert. You're immediately answering the question because the assumption is that's the problem. This book has a solution and the book actually has a solution. So feel comfortable with this. So that's number two. Um, so one and two together is the hook, uh, the bait. And we're saying, hey, do you have a problem? This book is the answer. Nice and simple. Uh, three is we're going to have a little blurb about who we are and why we're the one to help them. We're not going to go overboard here because we have a whole author bio, which we can use to really expand here. Uh, we just need to prove our expertise. Like, okay, you say you've written the book that's going to help me. Why should I listen to you? So you just chuck in uh, one or two sentences here about why they should be listening to you. And, and it can be like uh, having been in this industry or having helped thousands of people, of course it has to be truthful, ha having helped hundreds or thousands of people write business plans or having spent 30 years fishing myself and introduced so many more of my friends and family to the fishing world, they they said you have to write this book and tell more people about it. Like, uh, Or you could, you could own a fishing shop or online shop. Having... Um, having worked in or ha having co-founded a fishing shop online, it just naturally meant I needed to help people answer this question. That's it. It's, you know, one or two sentences which describe 
why you're an expert? Is it is you are you in the industry? Are you obsessed with the industry? Have you helped other people in the industry? And hopefully that should help um, prompt you. But again, this is just a little blurb because there's an author's bio. Um, but the next step, what's the next step after that? So step number four here is really going to be the body of your description. We're going to detail exactly what's in the book. Um, you can actually even copy paste your outline and then flesh it out in this description. That's a great so idea. You have, yeah, you have a lot of space. You've got 2,000 words, so use it. Uh, you can give a... a give the chapter headings and then talk about what's in each chapter you can talk about what topics you're going to cover and the more you give here the better uh, because the description is going to help people know whether this is the book or not they need um, and the more keywords you're hitting the more content you're providing here the more able amazon is going to be able to link your book to these certain people who are searching for your book um, be wary of keyword stuffing you don't just need to keep uh, typing how to learn how to fish, learn how to fish, um, in, <laughs> like, yeah, in random sentences. You just your your outline that you've created is already based on research. We've already um, created those topics because we know those topics are in the best-selling books. So as long as you are just going through your outline and saying this is what I cover uh, in chapter one, so I cover in chapter two, you're already going to be hitting all of those keywords. Um, because of our research so what we're saying Tuesday. What was agree. So what we're saying is turn your outline into written text, which is enticing, exciting, and it takes somebody on the journey. So we're going to start from this subject, we're going to move to this subject, which will which will also allow you to learn this, this, and this. And it is just turning that into text rather than having a list. It allows somebody to read along and flow with the conversation. And you've got a lot of space here. Remember, there's two thousand words. So this is the time to really maximize that. Um, space in the description then once you've got the description down once you've got it into the paper or, or digital version of the paper we need to remind them of their problem once again you know remind them by a question remind them by a statement and just let them know that you know they have the problem and the solution is right here in this book as you can see in the description think about a phrase as you can see in the description that the, the focus of this book is to solve that problem of a bursting company at the seams who's struggling to scale. Somebody who's got a business plan, who needs a business plan quick but has no cash to pay somebody to do it. Somebody who's um, burning or has always had the desire to fish but doesn't know how to get started. Remind them of the problem. And now you've got a great description which proves that what's in the book. So that's a good, good time to just summarize the description by reminding them what the original problem is because they may have got distracted they may have gone oh this sounds exciting is it too much well actually no it all focuses down back to this core problem that they have which again is the title of the book and it's how you introduce this paragraph and then any suggestions to finish this off so that was actually point five. Point five is kind of a what are you waiting for question you remind mm. them of uh, what the problem is you just copy that description so you remind them like this is this is the solution you're looking for. Um, questions really good here, so you can have something like, uh, you know, if you could start fishing right now, what would be stopping you, or something like that. Um, just to remind them that they have this problem and that they need to address this problem. That's the point number five, and then we finish it off with point number six, which is just a call to action. So you want something like scroll to the top to buy now. We need to remind people how they make that purchase. Um, so we're just bringing them home at this point. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that is critical. Um, uh, it's it's 
sometimes frowned upon or looked at in a bad way, call to actions, is it overly salesy, is it overly marketing? But all we're doing is helping guide the person, we're helping their decision process because the internet is extremely busy. They, we're also helping the fact that they may not know what to do next. You know, they simply may not realize actually now's the time to purchase a book or if I don't get, if I don't buy this book now, is my problem ever going to get solved? So it's helping them make that decision. It's just reminding them in that moment that the next step for you is to scroll up, purchase the book and start enjoying it within your Kindle reader. Start enjoying it and have your problem solved. Um, it's, it's massively important. It's just taking them by the virtual hand and saying, here's a product to get access to it. All you need to do is click that button. And, and you know, when we talk about Kindle eBooks and books, they're relatively cheap. They're, they're very, relatively cheap. And the cheapness can also mean, oh, I'll come back to this later. I'll come back to this later. So it's massively important to give them that call to action um, and firm direction. And that can be done very, sounds counterintuitive, but gently by the prompt. All they need is a prompt in order, to, in order for what to do next. So that's fantastic. That is... That is your description. And what you have there is a six-step formula, essentially, to write a description after description after description and really hone into it. So one of the challenges is, okay, how do I start my description? What do I put in the middle? Well, actually, we've given you a nice six-step process. Once you have put everything into those six steps, you should have a nice 1,500, 2,000 words, um, with the bulk being the using the outline of your book as leverage to expand on. So hopefully that helps. That is what we put in the description. Now, there's one other core piece of real estate, which we mentioned not to talk about too much of yourself within the description, because we have this other part of the Amazon product page, sales page, which we can make the most of, which is the author bio. So before we get into uploading all your details, let's finally plug that last bit of uh, information, which is the author bio. So how would somebody approach this? So most people approach this just by talking about themselves, which is the wrong thing to do. We need to, again, use this digital real estate, uh, real estate space to address the problem that the potential customer has. Again, everything comes back to what difficulty they're having now and how can we help them solve that. We can use our author bio to do exactly the same thing. So yeah. we're going to okay. do uh, something similar to the description. We're going to hook them based on their current problem and then tell them why we as the author are the solution to their problem with this book great so i've got a, i've got a really good suggestion here which is doing it in the form of a story um And communicating with impact, like a master communicator, public speaker globally, he spoke with Richard Branson, Robert Kiyosaki, and all these fantastic people on stage, Les Brown. Um, and to be able to communicate at that level, you have to have mastered the art of communication. So one of the things he talks about is how do you tell people about yourself in a snapshot? So it's impactful, it leaves an imprint on them, it makes them want to know more about you, buy your service, spend more time with you. Some people have it naturally, but it is a learnable process as well. Now, he coins this and refers to this as a turning point tale. Now, the turning point tale will take a couple of hours to explain and there'll be exercises. So what I want to do is just simplify it in taking a way that we can use what he's taught us, which is a, a actual formulaic process, which has four, five, six, seven steps to forming a perfect turning point tale. 
into something which you can get started with very quickly. And the best way to do this is think about a three-step approach. Approach number one is describing where you are now, describing it in a way that how does it feel, what is life like for you, what are you up to? Okay, that's number one. And I'll, I'll, I'll try work out an example uh, or maybe share a snapshot of that of my own personal turning point tale. So where are you now? How does it feel? Is life amazing? What does waking up in the morning feel like? Are you doing your dream job? Those kind of things need to go in the first part. The second part is just giving the listener the reality. And what I'll use is I'll use uh, Corey Donahue, who, who, who we interviewed this morning, as an example of this. Giving the listener a story on the fact that it wasn't always sunshine, roses. You wasn't always living your dream life. And the reality is most of us weren't until we got to the place that we are now. If, you know, as part of that journey, no, there's no real end destination, but where, you know, what, where was you before you embarked on this journey? And then the final part is the solution which allowed you to get to the place you are now. So what we've done in this three-step process is we've painted the picture for where you are now. The reality is most people want to get there. Most people want to have that result as well within their life. Then we want to also let them know that it, it wasn't always that way i.e. you wasn't always at the top of the mountain automatically, i.e. you wasn't born with a, you know, this cliched phrase, you wasn't born with a silver spoon. All of this that you've done wasn't handed to you on a plate. Okay, that's the reality of it. And what we're saying here is you started somewhere just like the person who's about to read this book. That's the core message here. And then finally is what is the solution? The solution was, well, interestingly enough, the solution is everything that you're going to describe to them within this book. And I think that's the power. That's a powerful message. So if we take um, Corey Donahue's example, he's a professional footballer. Um, he's gone on to become a professional footballer, paid like a professional footballer, lived the footballer's life, then went on to become a world-recognized uh, athlete in jiu-jitsu, black belt, um, jeet kune do, all of this amazing stuff. But for him, it wasn't always that way. And when he spoke to us in the interview today, he spoke about the time where... From the age of 10 to 15, he obsessed about football. He'd wake up every day, uh, travel to a park, which was only available for the rich people, wasn't in his neighborhood in the UK, single mum. And he would go there, he would just play football by himself, kick the ball against the wall. Five years later, Arsenal came phoning. They phoned his mum and said, we would like your son to come and join the Arsenal Football Academy. We believe he can make it as a professional footballer. His mum said no. Okay, now we've got a scenario where his mum said, no, you can't become a professional footballer. Mind-blowing. But he went on to become one. So what was the solution? Now, he describes a solution as a change of mindset, a, a shift in perception, a, an ability not to give up, which then allowed him to become a professional footballer. Remarkable story. Now, that's in. you've got to put that into your terms and your author bio. Now, the, the master of this or the skill behind this is, is being able to do that in one sentence, two sentences, three sentences, or within a word count that Amazon allows. So we, we want to make the most of that real estate that Amazon gives us and put as much as your turning point tell within that within that formula. In just to summarize again, where are you now? How amazing is it? It wasn't always that way. And, and we, I credit Dr. Rowe for this formula. It wasn't always that way. And then finally... The solution. The solution is within the book, which you're going to share with them in order for them to get to where you are now. And that's that's in a nutshell. So if you can use that formula uh, in in that simple 
in a simple way and put feeling behind it, description, um, and describe and paint the picture for people, they will feel you as an author. You will have immediate credibility. You will hook them in the fact that you've got this remarkable story. And all of us have this remarkable story within us. It doesn't have to be as extreme as Corey Donoghue's in terms of the football, but you have that within your own expert industry. Um, does that explain? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think the problem a lot of people um, have or the mistakes they make when they do an author bio is they focus on the first part, the where I, where I am now. So they'll talk about their awards, their accolades, how well they're doing, how great life is. And that turns people off. When you read that about somebody, you're like, well, good for you. Good job. <laughs> Screw you. I'm not buying your book. It's right for you, yeah. But instead, we are everything the person who's potentially buying the book. We're saying, look, this is where I am now. It's great. Did, it hasn't always been like this. It was difficult. Um, but then I worked through the difficulties. This is how I did that. And that's just so much more uh, attractive. It's so much more accessible than just telling somebody about all the awards that you've won and how great you are. Uh, which is a big turnoff. Yeah, and it's just think, it's just shifting the mindset. If you if you remember what we spoke about all week, what we spoke about last week, it's shifting the mindset from me to them, or, or you, the listener, or you, the person who's going to buy the product. Um, it's rather than me, 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 me. You go onto a website nowadays, and the headline is "We will do this for you." Cool. Um, that sounds great. Sounds like you guys are competent, but what what can you actually do for me? Can you talk to me as the person. So it's just shifting that mindset. And when you see, when it says author bio or author biography, you assume that you just talk about yourself. That's the assumption. So we can subvert that assumption, do something a bit more clever on Amazon by, yes, talking about ourselves and our story, but why it's relevant to the potential readers of our book. This is a great lesson in life and in business in general, but we're going to be applying it specifically for this author bio um, as another way to hook in potential customers. Absolutely. So now we've got all of that done. Okay, we've got the description, we've got our author bio nailed. Um, and if you're if you're unsure of the final product before you want to do what the next step is, which we'll be talking about uploading your details, come to the Slack group, share the description and bio with us as a working author's bio, as a working description, and we can quickly glance over it and we can say, um, you know, maybe you're talking about yourself too much. You know, we'll give you some critical feedback uh, to help you get the best impact for that limited but still large real estate that you have on the Amazon sales product page. So that's the best way to ask us a question. Whether you can comment or a Facebook comment, that is in the description below. Uh, we'll be more than happy. You can open up a channel for this uh, Kindle uh, ebook author and description bios, and then you should have this ultimate formula once you spend some time in there with us. So that leads us on to the next part, which is now uploading all of this work that we've done, the bio, the category, uh, the cover, all of that amazing work, what, how do we upload it? So over to you, Carl, what, what do we do next? So it's pretty much a process of going through the KDP page um, and copy pasting everything from wherever you've written it in notes or uh, in Word um, into the website. And that's pretty much it. The only thing I would say be careful of is if you do copy from Word, it will often copy over formatting, um, which may not display properly on the website. So maybe go through somewhere like text editor or just kind of clear that formatting. That's a small technical detail though. Um, you've actually done all of the work um, through the rest, uh, well, the last few days of today. You have everything you need. 
to go ahead and publish already, which is mm. pretty cool. Yeah, don't, don't be nervous about, oh, is this the right thing? Right? You've done a week's worth of work. You've learned everything we've taught you. You've got it all in place. So now trust that all of that work you've done will yield results. And ultimately, it's an experiment, but it's an experiment done with some thought, some exercises, some processes. And then that's, that will take you uh, very, very far because your, your competition won't be doing this and, uh, because it requires work. That's the reality of it. So what do we do um, next? Because there's a, there's, a, there's a final step. Sure. So once you've um, copy-pasted in your biography, your description, you've uploaded your cover, you've uploaded your manuscript, you're good to go. And a big publish button at the bottom. And it's very tempting to just hit that button. Um, you can press that button and within a matter of hours, it will be on Amazon, which, again, we don't think about this, but that's amazing. You can publish within seconds on Amazon. Um, we are not going to do it yet. We're going to ask you to hold off for a moment because we, well, we'll only leave it in draft because tomorrow, so Friday, the fifth lesson of this week, we're going to talk about your launch strategy and the marketing. Um, how well your book does in the first couple of weeks or even the first couple of days is going to be vitally important for how well it does overall. So if you just press that publish button now, yes, it might get seen. Yes, it might get purchased but not as much as if we go through a more systematic and a more thought out launch process, which we're going to cover tomorrow. So you've got everything ready. Your book's done. You're ready to publish, but we're just going to ask to hold off just a little bit. We're going to get a few more things in place and then we're going to hit that button. Yeah. So sorry, you have got this far. Uh, I know it's annoying. Yeah, um, because what we'll talk about tomorrow is critical. Um, and it's again, a missing gap, a blind spot because it's, it's where, it's where when I, I tell you a great book to read to understand what we're talking about tomorrow um, is a book called Perennial Seller. Um, and I think it's by the same author who wrote this, Ryan Holiday. And one of the, one of the messages he has is um, the writing part of the book is, is one part. Then it becomes actually selling it and actually marketing it. And that's a whole art in itself. I will be talking to you about how you can get a head start on that tomorrow. That's important because the easiest thing to do, and it sounds strange, is just to publish the book. Okay, done all that work, publish it. Cool, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to get sales and, you know, everybody's going to find my book. And in reality, with how many books are being published, it's not going to be that easy. So we have to do something that the competition is not and put a bit of effort into business, uh, the business of the marketing and sales side of things. Massively important, the promo side of things. And as a business owner, you know, most of the people watching this will be business orientated versus um, uh, just doing this for the sake of, I want to publish a book because I want to be an author. That's not what listeners will be doing this for. And hopefully that makes sense by following through the week. You already have this understanding. So you'll be hopefully eager to, to learn about some of the tools and techniques that we'll share when it comes to promoting the book tomorrow. So that's the final part, the jigsaw puzzle, then we can finally publish it. So you just hang on to the end of tomorrow's BBO show and you'll have the answer there. Uh, anything to add, Carl, for what closes off? Uh, yeah, so from a business point of view, you've created the asset, you're done. The asset has been created. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about how you deploy that, um, how that we make sure we're getting the most we can from that asset. Um, so mm. it's going to be a very important lesson tomorrow. Uh, the good news is you've actually done a lot of the groundwork. Um, when we chose the categories, when we uh, chose the keywords, when we even 
wrote the outline of our book based on content that already works in the market. We did a lot of the marketing up front, and we're going to see how that connects tomorrow. Mm, absolutely. So thanks for watching today's show. It's been super helpful. We've spoken about you know, how do we actually take our book from manuscript to publishing? Uh, we spoke about covers. We spoke about uh, getting it formatted. We spoke about the tools needed to get it actually out there. And then finally, working with Kindle Direct Publishing to get our description, to get our author bio, get our cover, all of that kind of stuff uploaded in a systematic way, which you can use again and again, but a thought out way, a formulaic approach. So hopefully that helps you when actually going ahead and doing everything we've asked you to do today. And that will all lead to a greater success of your ebook, which later leads to more customers for your core product. That's the key here. That's what our focus is. So thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the BBO show. Remember, we stream every day live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch thereafter. If you want show notes, if you want to watch the video and start to see um, transcripts or you want to read through what we've been talking about, then the bbo.show is the website to type in you just type in bbo.show and the show notes page and the, uh, basically the show page will be will appear there second thing third thing is come and join us in the slack group it's completely free it's a private group where we can talk about your online business digital marketing and all those kind of topics in between which help give you greater success because we talk about the larger general concept and walk you through the entire process here in the bbo show but we don't know what your business is. We don't know what your exact challenge is, your burning question. And the best place to ask us that when you're taking action on anything you're talking about is within the Slack group, massively important. And we're talking about the topic of ebooks. So number four, don't forget we published the first guide as, a, as part of a series of guides that will be coming out. This one talks about 200 different ways to make money online and based on the current situation, all of these ways can be applicable to you your laptop and your Wi-Fi connection from home. Add a bit of extra cash into your life and make the most of that time if you've got additional time on your hands. Awesome. So that's myself and Carl signing off from today's BBO show. We shall see you on tomorrow's.